This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, you are in for a treat. Ooh, I'm I, excited about this. One. I've been looking forward to this one. We want to introduce you to our other best friend in college, mm -hmm. who we've kept in touch with. I mean, we'll get into some of that, but we want to introduce you to the one, the only Greg Hartsfield. Greg, you're here. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you made it. You made it to your 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 home. And a phone that you're communicating through. In uh, you're in the you're in Washington State. Yes, I'm there. Uh, that's that's where right is here. We're still <laughs> in Burbank. Now we've talked about Greg a lot throughout the years. I mean, most recently, if you watch our other show, Good Mythical Morning, uh, you know that <laughs> the the black bass that was on the set for basically many years, basically mo mo most most of the history of the show was a base that Greg gave us when he left to go to Argentina right after college. So we're talking like 20 years ago. So we had the base. The base was played in a few early Rhett and Link songs when I would lay down a bass line. We later realized that I could just play the guitar and then we would just lower an octave in GarageBand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but recently, Greg asked for the bass back. And so that whole story is unfolding on Good Mythical Morning, but. And so, by the way, if if you have something that you think can fit in that yeah. space that the base was that occupied, you let us know. There's a Twitter post. You post your your photo and your basically your sales pitch as to why this thing is special. Hopefully, it's the base. I'm trying to lobby for the bases for Alabama. Yeah. to donate one of his bases, I just think that would be funny. And if, he, if he won't, then we are just hoping for a guy named Greg, preferably a guy named Greg with two Gs at the end. So Greg, have you received the bass back? It's here, it's here. It, it, uh, it, it needs to be restrung. You, you have not maintained the bass. <laughs> it wasn't broken when it arrived, it just needs to be refreshed. Yes, it, it needs, it needs a, a light buffing and some new strings. Yeah, I mean, bass strings do not last two decades. They probably last like, you know, you might get, I don't know, six months out of some bass strings. Now listen, if you don't replace these strings and play this thing within like the next two weeks, you're at risk of us asking you years from now if you played it and you'll be like, you'll be embarrassed. You'll have to start lying to us that you're playing it. So you need to get on it, man. I'm, I'm working on the plan. I. Uh... I I was I didn't have a plan till just now. So now I have a plan. <laughs> right. I'm, gonna, I'm 
I, I don't really know the details of the plan, but there's a plan. <laughs> there's a plan. How good did you get at bass before you gave us that bass? I was I was not so good. Um, you know, on the on the on the from one to ten, I might be a two. <laughs> okay, right. And it's you, fine. You, you've been holding but steady at a two. To, I did go to a, a, a jazz club in Raleigh and went open mic night one time, and and for some reason, people thought I played bass well, but I don't think I did. Are you talking about when you were in college? No, that was after college. I went with uh, Tom from our church. Okay, and you did a little you did a little bass thing. Man, I didn't know you were moonlighting. I do remember that you had an acoustic guitar when we first met. You could probably, I think you could play some Grateful Dead songs. But, all right, so tell us, what do you remember about meeting us for the first time? So I, you know, I've, I've spent the last uh, thirty minutes trying to to recreate this memory in my mind. I, it doesn't, nothing really pops out. But I, uh, when I first met you guys, I think it was a fresh, freshman year of college, and uh, and I saw uh, Red up on the stage at Crew and. And yeah. I was like, there's that guy up there. I didn't really care, you know? Didn't really even want to be at, at the meeting. We really didn't meet, in my recollection, until sophomore year, so. Well, if that was the first time you saw me, that was your sophomore year. Because I did, cause I may have gotten up front freshman year for something, but I wasn't emceeing until, because I lobbied to emcee my freshman year, knowing that the guy who was a senior was graduating. Oh, okay. So, so I talked to Mark and was like, well, can I, can I emcee? You know, next year. So you must have, because I remember, I remember it being the beginning of sophomore year. That was definitely when we became friends, like pretty early on sophomore year. Um, but what was your impression of us? I mean, I remember my impression of you, but I'll let you go first. What, whatever you remember of like when we first started becoming friends sophomore year, it was within the context of Campus Crusade, like. Todd Smith, who was and still is a full-time staff member, he was like leading Bible studies and like organizing the weekly meeting and a lot of the a lot of the organizational stuff that happened on campus with the with the organization. But like he he knew you and then he knew us and then we must have met through Todd, right? I think so. I think so. But I I, I don't I don't recall. I, I know that like we really we hit it off. I mean, I, I, we hung out all the time. Yeah, we were, we were fast friends. I really friends. enjoyed hanging out with you guys. So the thing that I remember is, I mean, I, I, I don't remember the specific thing, but I have to know that our first impression of Greg was, this dude is different. This, I mean, I mean, and take this in a positive way, but like I was like, this dude is strange and, and, and funny. And like just different than anybody else we knew. So like we were very much drawn to like, um, you know, everybody in Campus Crusade. I don't know. It's just like everybody fit into a certain mold. Well, I mean, but Greg, you stood out. You were like this like super skinny dude with like this real floppy clothes, like us. Like you were dressed well, that, with like these huge that's jeans. That's the thing. So we were at NC State, which is already you know it's a technical school, right? It's a technical state school in the South. And we were also then sort of filtered into this uh, Christian group. So there was a little more like, for lack of a better word, like Southern preppiness. So, right. so you know, there's a certain, I don't know if you grew up in the South, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but like 
a guy who will wear a polo shirt and a you know a, a trucker hat. It was a little fratish. It's a little fratty, but not full on frat. So you're not quite redneck and not quite preppy. And that was most of the people. Now we kind of came in thinking that we were gonna be rock stars, you know, we're dyeing our hair, bleaching our hair, wearing these big baggy pants. Alternative, embracing the alternative 90s. So we were really going, leaning hard into that and it wasn't difficult to stand out because there wasn't a lot of people in our small circle doing that. And then Greg comes along and it was immediately like, oh, this guy, he feels like he's on a very similar wavelength. I mean, and, we thought that you were a stoner, like in <laughs> like a really, like you had this delivery. Like I, I remember whenever we would see Greg, we'd be like, "What's up, stoner?" We, okay. <laughs> okay, yes, there was a, there was some recovering stoner thing happening. So by the time we met you, you were like, yeah, you were, you were being introduced to the straight and narrow uh, through Campus Crusade, and like we were. Besides, Todd, Todd was trying to bring you into the fold, basically, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, he was he was putting in me in my you know in in the right place. Yeah, <laughs> and when 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 he introduced us, I was like, we just kind of we we just found you very funny, very entertaining. Whenever we would say, "What's up?" You remember what Greg would say? Good, good. This <laughs> is like anybody who that's what like nobody's response to yeah. "What's up?" is good yeah. and every time, and you were always good. You were always good. How else do you respond to that question? I mean. Well, you, I mean, you want me to break it down logically? Because I mean, <laughs> when you say what's up, what you're asking is like, what is up? Like. Like what's going on? You're asking, you're asking how are you doing? Well, I mean, you gotta cut to the chase. If you yeah. say what's up, you could, you could respond with like, well, I, I'm good. That's one of the things that's up, but you were just like, good. Nothing much, man. I'm headed to class. <laughs> I'm going back to my dorm. You want to come over and play some actually, twisted metal? Really, the the proper response at that age with, with a familiar person to "What's up?" is "What's up?" Yeah, just you just say it back. But no, no one. Before but I didn't want you to say anything different. Since said good, and that's why we knew <laughs> that you had to be a constant part of our lives. I think that you know we were in this place, we had gone through our freshman year together, like we had made a lot of friends. We hadn't really, um, like really found our, like our group. It was, it was just the two of us on the weekends. I was still, I was going back home, see my girlfriend. We were still involved in our band, the Wax Paper Dogs. So yeah. freshman year was like this transition period. But like sophomore year, we had basically decided we were deciding to quit the band. You were deciding and lobbying to be, be the MC of Campus Crusade's weekly meeting. Yeah. I was already involved in the music team of the weekly meeting, right. so I was up front singing, uh, leading the music. So I was like, we were moving in these positions where we were like visible positions early on. And so like college for us at the beginning of sophomore year was, okay, I've, I've broken up with my girlfriend, um, now it's like all in on college. And right about that same time, very early on, we meet and it was just like, it was always fun to have you around. So it was just like, let's, it. I mean, in a lot of ways we became this trio very quickly. Like, I, I mean, do you remember any more of 
what you thought of us. I'm not fishing for a compliment, but like, I mean, I told you that I thought you were basically gloriously weird. And it was like, <laughs> unlike anybody else. So I was like, let's do this. I just thought you guys were, you know, my, my friends. I just, I just wanted to, you know, I had, in my life, I, I haven't had, you know, a ton of friends up to that point. I meet you two, and I was like, this, this is my people. This is who, this is who I, I want to hang out with. This, you know, so. I mean, you see, like you were, you were in Wood Dorm, which was like halfway across campus in a weird spot where we didn't know anybody, and it was a suite. And you were, you spent a lot of time with Jack, freshman year. You had a number of right? friends that were suite mates, right? Yeah, I had, yeah. And so, because now that I think about it, because junior year, which we'll get to in a second, where we moved off campus, because we met at the beginning of sophomore year, it turns out that a lot happened during sophomore year because sophomore year was our last year in Syme Dorm. So that was when, you know, Syme Dorm room 24, which has since been turned into a storage closet because the window opens up underneath the stairs. But that was, that was the year that we got into smoking cigars we in, would crawl out through that window. Uh, in that little area. I have fond memories of that window. Tell us what you remember. Well, I, I remember, you know, we, we would smoke cigars. I, did, we, did we get into the pipes by that point? Yes, I don't know. pipes by George, yeah, yes. Pipe. Oh, it was, it was low. We had, there were some chairs. It was chairs permanently staged out in, the, in the, the under the stairs area. And there was a dirt floor. It was dark and damp. <laughs> Was, yeah, because it was, okay, so it was. It wasn't good for our, like our, our respiratory health. The only window for our dorm walking, room. Like go, walking out of the sign, they would, you could hear them walking out and talking. Right, because the yeah. the main entrance to sign was like these like huge uh, cement stairs. And then underneath that staircase was like, it was just open air, but it was, that's where our window was. So our window never got sunlight and we would open the window and we would crawl out of our window into underneath the stairs where everybody's walking into the first floor. And there's bushes on both sides, so it was like completely walled in. It was like a cave. Like you couldn't, you probably could have, but you didn't go from underneath the stairs outside. You, to no, like, we never did that. You could, it was like, it was enclosed. I'm so sad that they made that into a, not a room anymore because it was the best room. It was great inside. to be a college student there because students no, don't need sunlight. No matter what time of day it was, you could sleep. It was like having uh, room darkening blinds, yeah. but it was just this, the the staircase. And I remember, yeah, if you didn't get us into cigars, I don't know who did, but what would happen was you'd say, "Hey, let's let's hang out and we'll smoke cigars," and you would come over. Backwards. Backwards. He yeah. started with we, backwards. We were not doing backwards. Fine well, that's because we didn't have a lot of money. I do remember we would save up, and you would you were like, "We need to go to this place called Pipes by George," and we would go down on Hillsborough Street. It's still there. Oh, you checked last time you went? Yeah, it's still there. And George, you knew George because you had been in there. Yep. Was was uh, first name basis with George? <laughs> and you remember what his catchphrase was? Uh, no, he well he would say pipe. Uh, pack in the pipe, you know, uh, pack it like a baby, pack it like a mama, and pack it like a daddy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you asked him about, like, what do you think about this one? Oh, like, smooth. This is smooth. <laughs> yeah, they were all smooth. It's real smooth. It's real smooth. Everything. I was like, George, do you have a tobacco that's not smooth? smooth. No, I specialize in smooth. 
<laughs> so we would go in there and we would buy cigars and we'd save up money to get like the nicer ones. Like a $7 cigar. And I remember- That was a big Friday We night. would go sit underneath the stoop and you're right, there was like dirt, it was a dirt floor, it was dank and dark under there. And one day, I mean like you would call and be like, I'm coming over. And then he came over and Greg was dragging a chair. And we we're like, where did you get this? This looks like one of the chairs from the student center. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I wouldn't remember that, but yeah, yeah, brought the you, chair over. You, you, you brought, you borrowed it permanently. Well, hold on, he was a student. He was a student. I mean, he's paying tuition. It's his chair. Just because it's not currently in the student center doesn't mean he can't use it. He didn't take it off campus. He just brought it to the little hole under the stairs. That was our level of subversion. It was like you know we were so by the book, and I'm talking capital B book here, and. I think, um, I mean, Greg, you were very much like, I don't, do you remember us being like very pious? But then I guess to finish my point and then you can answer the question is like, whenever he would come over and he's stolen a chair and we're like smoking cigars and we're like just blowing all the smoke around the entrance to the, it just felt, I just felt like we were being, well, we were edgy. I, I think, I, I wouldn't say that we were pious, we were zealous. There's a very distinct difference between those things, right? Pious is someone who is right obsessed with rule following. Now we were good good guys and everything, but we were zealous. It's more about you know, belief. Uh, about our belief and our faith. But, but I, also rules. I remember that time being the first time, not that we didn't do this before, but you know, when you're sitting under the stairs smoking a cigar is when you start just talking about stuff and, and considering a night out just having a three hour conversation about something. Yeah, I, I, every, I think that every was, weekend. That was the beginning of that being a staple because we weren't going out and partying. Nope. You know? Do you remember us being zealous? Like, was that a part of the equation of like, these guys are different? No, that that wasn't part of the equation. I, I, did, I do think you might have been Zealous, yeah. But uh, I ne never really took that into account. To be honest with you, because if you, I mean, if you came from a place where, you know, you were doing things that like were off limits for us, right? So then, like, once you were, once you came into the fold, and like, I mean, like you were, Todd was trying to get you into Campus Crusade. Once you became our friend, it was just like you were all in at that point. Which came first, like being friends with us or being Christians? Did like we did we rope you into like really going all in for Jesus? No, you, you guys didn't. Um, I, I I think like well, you know, this this kind of goes to your you, you guys' uh, deconstruction. Yeah. Um, I I had I've, I've thought about this a lot actually, um, because when I was when I became a Christian, I met you guys shortly thereafter, right? Mm -hmm. And like it, you know, it, it, I, I, I thought of like, what, what, what does this say about me? Like does, does their deconstruction, what effect does that have on me? But you know, I, I kind of, I kind of realized that like I deconstructed many years before, um, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home and at some point I said, this, this is not for me. You know, this is not, this is not, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, so. I, I kind of rethought the whole thing and ended up where I am, so where where I was at the po that point in time. And you know, you guys were just you guys were just great friends. I just love being around you and 
and I, I, you know, I still wish I could relive it all. It was, it was a wonderful time in my life to, to hang out and yeah, nothing beats those college years, you know? I, that it's, those are the, the, the best years that I, that I remember. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, like you said, ha the definition of entertainment was just the three of us hanging out for hours, just talking, just talking. And I think, you know, it was, there was no, yeah, we were just getting a kick out of each other. It's just being on the same wavelength and they're just being that. I also think, Greg, you brought this dynamic into our, I have to think, it's like I'm I'm projecting a little bit because I don't, I don't remember thinking this at the time and it, I don't, I don't remember us talking about Greg, talking about you when you weren't around, but I have to think looking back on it that like as close as Rhett and I were, there was something to bring, like you mix things up, like you bringing a third person into the equation, um, it kind of opened things up. There's lots of things where it's like, you know, the, if the two of us are talking, and it's even true now a lot of times, like if we hang out with people, there's this dynamic that's like, we've heard so much about each other, we, we, we've lived so much of our lives together and know so much, it's like you bring somebody into it who's, newer to the equation, um, it it opens up the conversation. It makes it where you can talk, you can cover new ground, you can have a different perspective. And I think you were so, your sense of humor and just you were so game for conversation and it was, a you came from a different place. Uh, well, Wilmington. <laughs> but then like, it was just like, okay, this is, this is a new, this guy has a different vibe. He's he's cool, he's weird, he's got interesting perspective, he's funny. Um, it I think it had to have breathed, it had been a breath of fresh air into our friendship to open it up in that way. I kind of see like, you know, you guys, you guys are been best friends for, for a long time. Um, and you know, I think it speaks volumes to, to your friendship that you would allow a, a third, best friend into that dynamic and it, it didn't affect you guys at all. I mean, we could, I could hang out with Red or I could hang out with Link or we could all hang out together or y'all could hang out with each other. And it, it was like, there was no question that the friendship was true. Yeah. Th there was never any, you know, worrying that, you know, Red had a new best friend or Link had a new best friend that it, it was just, it was, it was truly, you know, this perfect three, three-way friendship. It was a perfect three-way. Yeah, that's how well, we definitely thought of you it. Know, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Well, I think that we were always, without stating it, we were always looking for somebody to be like the third person in our friendship. Um, but that takes a special person, right? Because- We didn't know we were looking for it, but I think, I, I do think when we found it in Greg, it was just very natural. It it, ha it has happened a few times in our lives, <clears throat> but it's the reason it's a challenge is because, you know, we both have to like the person, which isn't always the case, right? And right. I, it's not that you like people that I don't like or I like people that you don't like. It's that we we are both pretty particular in terms of like where we're going to invest our time and who's going to be our who's going to be our friend, and it's kind of always been the case. We're both very tough, and as we said, we like spending time with people, and then like retreating and analyzing the person and the experience, the two of us later. And I think if we ever talked about you, Greg, it was like, 
all the stuff that I've already said. And it was all positive and like there was this vibe that yeah, I'm actually very surprised that there was something about the nature of our dynamic that you brought something that I wasn't threatened by, you know? Cause I have to think that that, that very well could have been part of the equation. Um, but it but it never was. Cause we did hang out. The, I wanna talk about the, the dynamic with how we did hang out, how we spent our time and it was basically. You hung out with Greg a lot more than I did it, during well, school week. And we'll week. talk about why that was. But the, one of the things that happened early on that sophomore year, I'll see if you remember this, and I don't remember exactly how it came up, but we got you to cut your hair. Like if you remember your mop top, your freshman year haircut, and then you went basically just like buzz, and you and you basically had the buzz cut for a very long time after that. Do you remember what? Did I cut his hair? Do you, did, I, did I cut your hair? I'm sure we all cut each other's hair. We had we had the clippers. Yeah. You were cutting my hair in college for sure. You don't remember us talking you into cutting your hair? No, I, I thought I I thought I always had that haircut. <laughs> no, dude. When we met you freshman year, man, you had a lot of hair on top you of had your like head. A, it looked like a wig. Well, we caught we called it the mushroom. You had a mushroom, dude. We gave you a makeover. And then you guys I mean, whenever you guys would hang out without me, it would you'd be playing twisted metal. Well, but let's establish why. I've and you studied all the time. I studied a lot my freshman year. I studied a whole lot my freshman year. I got all A's and I was like, okay. Been there, done this, that. I, this wasn't, I, I, this doesn't need to be what college is about. So starting sophomore year, I was like, I'm gonna study enough to like get out of here with a respectable GPA, but. But you also had another guy who you who wasn't me that gave you opportunity to do stuff. Well, and then Greg. When I was not giving you any you know, opportunity. Greg is famous for the line when I, was over there at his place and we were getting ready to play uh, another round see if of, he remembers of Twisted Metal. Cause that was our game, you remember that. Twisted Metal was oh, yeah. our game. Now do you remember what you told me when I was like, I gotta go study, man. You know what you know, you don't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> I live by that. You know what you know, you don't learn anything. And then there was like this corollary of like everything I learned on, everything I know I learned in kindergarten, was that also you? No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. You I just didn't learn had anything in kindergarten. The, ke the catchphrase. I mean, me and you Greg, know what you know. You don't learn anything. It's interesting in the dynamic that you're talking about with not feeling threatened because Greg and I did end up spending a lot of time together playing video games, eating Gumby's pizza. Like again, like you wouldn't, like you're not, you don't really, you've never really been into video games. You're not really into food. Yeah. So the idea of like we're gonna go and get off extra large pizza and sit on a bench and eat the whole thing, like, right? That's just not Link Neal stuff. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> but I had somebody who was like, yeah, I do like to eat pizza in the middle of the night, and I do like to not study and play video games. And so, me and Greg had something. So for you, from your perspective, Greg filled a felt need that you had that I couldn't fulfill as your best friend. I wonder if we look at it the other way. Like for me, I, I don't, what did we, what did we do together, Greg, without Rhett? I don't know. I, I know that the the years the the you know after college, like we, I hung out with you more a lot more than I hung out with Red. It's right, like right. almost two different stages there. Yeah, yeah. We had another. We had a post college stage where, um, you know, we were both, uh, you know, newlyweds, 
starting our marriages. Christy and Jim were good friends. Did but you we go to the same church. We for went a while? to the same church. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's why, like, we we had like now first stage of post college adulthood. I would go over to your house, and like you still had that Homer Simpson grill. Like the, it was a yellow grill. It looked like from the Simpsons. I had one of Greg's brisket on it. that grill. Man. You still have it? Still have it. Yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But to go back to sophomore year, yeah, so you would go over there, you would play Twisted Metal, and then let's get into the the prime time of it all because you took over, Garrett was a senior, our freshman year-ish. He was the MC, he was leaving. You, he pulled you under his wing and you were just waiting for him and Todd to ask you to step up and be the MC. You were lobbying for that. Um, and I was in support of that, but like you were having these, it was like there was these like recruiting conversations. It was, it was interesting, but then you got the job. Mm-hmm. There was no pay. And then because I was already up front, we were kind of, we, we were both in that, the most visible roles as students to like shape what the weekly meeting looked like. And of course, you know, we would talk about, um, we would talk about like you'd be working up stuff that you were gonna do in your monologue. I'd like to walk through what a primetime episode would look like. But of course, Greg, you were wrapped up in all this because we were a trio. Like if if we were both shaping the meeting and having ideas, I think pretty quickly you got involved on stage too, basically as uh, the Andy Richter to Rhett's Conan or Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson. Well, I just remember thinking, so Greg, like I was the like, sidekick I just remember character. thinking that Greg was hilarious, that everybody thought that he was funny, and he had really interesting ways of saying things. Yeah. And so I was just like, why don't you come up and just give a deep thought? So it's, it was obviously a throwback to the Jack Handy thing from the SNL days, but it was just like, Greg, do you have a deep thought for us? And then I honestly don't remember how those were Concocted, I don't know. I remember. I remember how they were concocted. Okay, we would sit back before the meeting, and you guys would, we would all come up with this deep thought, and you guys would perfectly plan out what I was going to say, <laughs> and I could, I could never say it, <laughs> never say it quite as written. But there was a which pr- was part of the, which was part of the yeah. thing that made it great. <laughs> and then a lot of times I would. Um, you and I would be working on it because Rhett, you'd be working on the other, st- you'd be working on your monologue. Right. So then while you're getting prepared last minute for that, Greg, you and I would be over on the side and I would be drilling you in this, in your deep thought. Do you, I mean, you do remember the the preamble to it, right? That was the same every time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't mess that up, I don't think. Let's hear it. After much deep thought and great meditation, I've come to the realization that, that, and, and then, then you would say it. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember one. 
Yeah, I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I mean, after was, much deep thought and great meditation, I've come to the realization that if you're gonna walk backwards, you're only seeing where you've been, and but that's not a bad thing if you're about to walk off a cliff. Or, I don't know. I made that up, but it w- they would be that non sequitur, and, and they were very unrelated. They weren't themed to anything that I was talking about because what I was doing every single week is I. I I mean, this was again. This is one of my favorite times in the in in my life, because I had this audience, and I basically was like, I'm writing a stand up routine, an original stand up routine every single week. I was much more excited about that than I was studying. Yeah, and it was just like, okay, well, this week I'm going to tell this story, or this week I'm going to do this. And I remember one week I was like, I had gotten so much confidence, it was way overconfident. I was like, this week. I'm not letting myself think about any of it until I'm up there and I'm doing it all off the cuff. I don't think that one went that well. No. But it was just such a, I mean, it was really the, 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 the and, and of course, the, there was the video aspect, so which probably was about one out of 10. Let's paint a picture for how this went. So. Um, we did that like two times a semester. The weekly meeting, every Thursday night, there'd be, it would start, you know, I think when you started, it was like, maybe it might've been a few hundred people. And then that was sophomore year, junior year, senior year. By senior year, there was like, it was the largest uh, campus group. There was like over a thousand students coming to this thing. They had to start like moving the venue. And it was, it was just, it, was a, it wasn't just because of any one thing. I mean, the fact that, yeah, like, there was a lot of comedy involved. It was very fun. It was a fun environment yeah. to be in, but there was, so that was a factor. There were other factors too, but I think it, it definitely was a positive contribution to like the numbers growing every week. It became kind of this spectacle of you're gonna show up to this thing. And in my mind, I was, I was very much a part of it. Obviously in your mind, you were the center of it as the host and Greg as a sidekick, but like, in our in our how in our whenever we'd get together sophomore year and then junior year when we moved into an apartment the three of us together it was like the epicenter of planning like working with Todd on planning an episode uh, an episode I mean a meeting yeah so the meeting would start with like singing and I would lead the singing mm-hmm. so I would be up there and like saying stuff in between songs and kind of scratching that itch of like having an audience. And but it was very it was you it was very it was spiritual. spiritual. I had to stay in my lane. Yeah. But then the next thing that would happen is you would come out as the MC and like do a welcome. But a lot of times we saw that as an opportunity to create a video. It wasn't our and they had done this in years past. Create a video where um, it would be this comedy lead up to you, it would always be you're doing something, some sort of adventure or something. And then the, the way the video would always end is you walking up the stairs to the front of the venue and then you would come in and you'd be there. So it would seem like a continuation of the video live. And in reality, I think we probably only did that at the beginning of each semester because we just didn't have, because literally we yeah. had to make the videos and then I was going home to my dad's office in Bowie's Creek and editing them on two VCRs. Like this was still before, yeah. A nonlinear editing system, and, and so we just we would if I mean if we were in college right now, we would have been doing videos every single week. But it's just there was we didn't have the capacity to do it. So at first you would just come out maybe without a video, but then when we started making videos, 
you and Greg would come out as a duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a comedy duo, the two of you would come out, and so the, the video was a set piece to introduce the two of you whenever we could make those. Mm -hmm. And I was the director, DP, I was the cameraman. Right. And I would kind of, I mean, you and I were very involved in coming up with what these videos would be. And um, and then it would be kind of some sort of storyline. Sometimes like Greg would be lost or you would be like fighting, I don't know. I, don't, I had to like find Greg a couple of times, but then, and then I think. One of them you actually carried. I carried you in. You carried Greg in, like he was like, passed out or dead or something? I never I never thought of this, but wh why did I never find Red? <laughs> why, why because you were the sidekick. Lost. You were the sidekick. I had to find you in order to, you know, feel complete. You would come down the aisle together and then Rhett would, you would stand on the side, Rhett would do his monologue, I would be sitting in the audience laughing the loudest. I was basically doing what Stevie does in Good Mythical Morning. You were like the crowd, uh, you know, like the, the person who sits in I'd the break crowd the, the icebreaker. I'd break. Everybody know. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. Applause, coach. Yeah, yeah. I, w I would laugh, not applaud. But so, Greg, you would be standing up there the whole time that Rhett was giving his monologue, and occasionally, Rhett would turn to you and like have an exchange if he wanted to. But otherwise, you were just kind of standing there awkwardly, waiting to give your deep thought, which was hilarious. Not and I'm the deep, not the deep thought. The fact that you were just standing up there was just kind of funny to me. Like, and then well, you would say something like, Greg, and you would know it would have a pattern, video or not, monologue. Uh, and then you would turn to Greg and say, hey, Greg. Or you might say, what's up, Greg? And he and would I'd say, be like, good. I'd say like, Greg, you been thinking about anything? Like we always set it up as so if everyone it, was would a expect it, was, it was a natural this conversation. This really anticlimactic deep thought that I was waiting for you to totally screw up, which was <laughs> an added layer of, but you, I mean, you were good at it. Like something about it always your delivery. Got, I mean, people loved it. People loved it every time. And then after that, we'd probably sing some more songs, have, there might be like promotions for different events and then there'd be a speaker and then there'd be more songs and that would be it. So it's like really the beginning was about the comedy. Well, that's the interesting thing is that you know, at the beginning of every meeting, in addition to the funny monologue, I would have to say, you know, Campus Crusade for Christ is an internominational Christian organization founded in 1951 by, and, and I would do the spiel and I would be like, our, we, we operate on a three, I would make it different every time, but say like three pronged philosophy of win, build, send, win students to Christ, build them up in their faith and send them out to continue the win, build, send process. Like I said stuff like that yeah. all the time. And- You became like a spokesman. And I would, and then there was this weird dynamic of your, and this really became a thing during Christmas conference, but being, trying to be as funny as possible and then being spiritual, because a pastor would come up and speak and do like a serious talk. Right. It usually started humorously and then ended in a serious place. And then I gotta get up there after that. And at this point, this is all, no, all the funny games are over and I gotta say something that sounds like the like the student response to this thing, like you, it was such like a weird that talk dynamic. really had an impact on you. But Greg, the thing I want to talk to you about is: Do you know that? So obviously, after we graduated, and we were engineers for a while, then Link and I went on staff with Crusade to kind of do our comedy ministry thing. And during the the support raising process, you would have to kind of talk about 
you get you know you got to give your spiel and kind of explain what you're doing and link <laughs> link was I was going to ex- bring this up because I was there for one of these meetings. Oh, you were? So yes, I was there when Link was was uh, presenting the fact that Rhett and Link were co-host were hosting the the weekly meeting and I and I looked at Link and I was like, "Hmm." <laughs> Yeah, and Link's simplified story that he would give to supporters, he he wrote he oh he he overwrote you with himself. <laughs> and you were in the room for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard the spill. I was there for one of the presentations. I think you gave me some money. Thank you. <laughs> well listen, and you know, I was to me I was justified in doing it because it was just too complicated to try I to know, explain. I completely understand why you did it. You weren't you Were you were you upset? No. Yeah, you were talking to like a 65-year-old person in Kinston, North Carolina. Yeah. Who Well, did... apparently I was talking to Greg at one time. <laughs> no, no, you were we it, for some reason you and I went up to Asheville for something and and I and you were you were scrounging for supporters and I was like, "Well, I, I I know some people in Asheville, so we we these were my contacts." Yes. Oh. <laughs> so you took him to Asheville and then he told the story about him and him. him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it probably didn't occur to me as I was saying it. I don't think they supported you. They could see through your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm you glad. had the perfect opportunity to be like, you know, and Greg was up there. Like, you had the perfect, there was a, you could have used Greg's connection to these people. You probably would have oh, come was, out of there with I like was seven. using Greg. That's very clear at this point, but uh, not in the right way. Greg, I'm sorry for, uh, for erasing you in my revisionist history. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before that, you know, I think there there were moments when, okay, you moved from, by junior year, they asked you, Rhett, to host, to be the MC for the regional Christmas conference. And by this point, when you did that, um, I was involved less at first, but then more and more over time, and that's where we became a comedy duo on stage. Yeah. But the way that that happened was, first of all, Greg, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on this because at that point, like, the, the, the Greg sidekick thing didn't, I don't remember how, but it didn't transfer over to the regional Christmas conference. Well, I- I, re- I didn't replace you. I remember Im- this. Immediately. The first time, okay, so, the first year I did it, uh, the only time that you were on stage was right. during the music. Right. Was during the, the comedy music, not the worship music, the, so, the original songs. That we would write together. And the first song was the unibrow song, which was the song that we wrote, when we wrote the song for your rehearsal dinner, uh, which was We've Seen Greg Naked, Soon You Will Too, whatever, that one. Hope you enjoy it more than we do. So when we got up there, it was actually you, and Tim and Greg. Nope, Greg wasn't there. It was just you and Tim? No, and I think the reason- I was getting married. I was getting yeah, married right then. You were moving on. That's why you went out of the picture. You uh, weren't. You didn't go to Christmas conference. You were engaged, you were moving on. We were writing, we had written and performed um, 
at least one song for seniors at the NC State Weekly Meeting. So we had started writing some songs. Yeah. That first song that we ever performed at a primetime NC State meeting for seniors, I don't wanna go into the details of it. It was, yes. But um, it was me, but by senior year, we had Tim move in with us in our apartment. So me, you, and Tim were each playing a three-headed person who was singing back up to you yeah. singing. So that was the first song we ever played. But then the second song that I remember was was, uh, was a Unibrow song, which Tim still came up there for that. At Christmas conference. And then after that, there was no more Tim playing, singing songs with us, and I moved more into a sidekick and then a co-host role. It's once, once I was no longer a student, and me and you right. were, were doing our comedy thing together and also talking about going on staff, is when like, right at the beginning of the whole conference, we would both get up there together. So that was like the third year yeah. or something like that. So in retrospect from that point, Rhett and I were a comedy duo. We were doing this full time and when you work backwards, like we had done it at, in Christmas conference so many years that like when you go back, you know, four or five years, then yeah, I kind of become you in the story just so I can get that money. No, just to simplify. Well, Greg, did you ever find yourself thinking, man, I mean, he's not asking me to do the deep thoughts at Christmas conference, because you never told me that. No, never felt that, never. Okay, good, I don't feel bad. I ran out of thoughts. <laughs> you, ran, you ran out of deep thoughts. Oh. You stopped thinking deeply after college. <laughs> you haven't been writing them down every week for, for 22 years. Well, re rewinding a little bit to that junior year, because again, the first time the two, so that was the year we moved off campus, right? And this is the first time that the two of us ever lived with anyone else. So of course we had lived together freshman and sophomore year in our dorm, but when we decided to move off campus to Gorman Crossings, apartment 3000C. I'm sure it was a no brainer that it was gonna be along. the three of us. Yeah, yeah, that, that only made sense, right? It was so exciting. Like I remember that moment too of just like, hey, we're getting, we're getting an apartment. Yeah. Like it had stairs in it. We each it, no, no, it didn't. didn't. No, when we did the tour, it had stairs. I remember it, the tour had stairs in it. It was a two story one, and then we ended up getting the one. The one story one is what we ended up renting. But I was like, this is so crazy. There's carpet on stairs. Like I don't know why that was fascinating to me. Oh yeah, like, we didn't get we, that one. We thought that Gorman Crossings was so nice. It was a three bedroom apartment. We each had our own bedroom. It had it. It had a sliding glass doors off the living room that went right into like this stoop. And I was like. This is our new stoop. We now have sunlight. We get to sit out here and have our three hour conversations and smoke pipes by George. Um, so yeah, like playing house with your best friends. It was like so much fun. Like we moved Mr. Fly, our couch into there. We, uh, we decorated the room with the Lionel vinyl and the Michael Jackson Thriller vinyl. We found a couch out by the dumpster that looked similar to Mr. Fly. It was like a, a golden and green. Do you remember that? Yep. And we and we brought in we every all the furniture was probably from thrift stores. Oh yeah. It was pretty janky. And I remember you had a thing for the, a label maker. Yeah, yeah. I I, I labeled things. You, you would label things for comedic effect. <laughs> yep, yep, still do. Like our VCR said VCR on it. Which reminds me of the the big god macking 
yeah. initiative that I think was, I was, I was in a relationship. You were in a relationship. I, w- I was dating Christy. Do you remember? Okay, so so I was on the fringe of this. Greg, do you remember our the God macking idea that we had? Yeah, I, I think we had that idea while we were going out the Mission Valley Dollar Fifty Theater. This, this is where this is where the the plan really got hashed out. Yeah, but it it it, it culminated with the uh, the Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, movie marathon. Yeah. So for those for the initi- uninitiated. For those of you who weren't there uh, that night. God macking, it was me and Greg's idea to, uh, and this is, goes very much against what we were being told by Campus Crusade. You find a girl who's not a Christian, or maybe she's not a serious Christian, and you you date her with the intention that she would become a Christian. And really it was, it was I think it was because we were Doesn't a little bit good, we were it? a little bit frustrated with the pool of women that we had at our you know disposal in Campus Crusade, and disposal. we just we wanted to uh, we wanted to expand the circle, and the only way we could justify it is at the end of the process, it was a, it was an act of evangelism. How do Out you there. remember the Planet of the Apes idea? I, I don't know. You know, like every good idea, how who came up with it, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I know that we had multiple TVs and we had a VCR. And we we figured out a way to hook multiple TVs to one VCR. You you yeah you that's a classic, Greg. There was Planet do. of the Apes in every single room. It of was the apartment. you created a closed circuit television system, so in anticipation for so many women, women who you didn't know. We you wanted know, it to be us to and come, all women. That was the plan. So you went around campus. And started inviting. And we would go up to we would, strange women. We would just well, go up to well, group, groups strangers. of girls talking and be like, uh, "How you guys doing?" Um, yeah, we're showing Planet of the Apes. Some people came. Some girls came. They did. They showed up. <laughs> I mean, not many. We had more TVs than we needed. Not more TVs than women, but you. I mean, to your credit, there was a, there was a good number of women there. I would say there were at least eight women there. And I, I walked in and I didn't know any women. of them. And, and Planet of the Apes was showing on at least two televisions. I don't yeah. know if there was a third one. Yeah, and Greg, we didn't provide any, like, I, if I recall was correctly. Was there food? There definitely wasn't there was no, alcohol. There was no. no alcohol. I don't know if we even had drinks and food, man. Like, we didn't know how to throw a party. We were just like, they're just gonna be interested. Why would you need drinks and food? There's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Oh man, I would love to hear one no of those. No relationships came out of I that. I would love to hear one of those girls describe that. Like they're out there somewhere and they're just like, I think it would kind of invited me to this thing. Yeah, some strangers invited me to their <coughs> apartment to watch Planet of the Apes. They they really built it up as a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they, they don't even remember it because it was not memorable. They did not mention Jesus. No, because, that, you can't do that in because day you did. one. You gotta use Planet of the Apes as a segue into the gospel. Right, bait and switch, they call that. <laughs> So you baited them with with Planet of the Apes, and yeah. So I think they would say, "Well, we showed up and they were watching Planet of the Apes on um, on a VCR, yeah. and uh, the couches were kind of ratty. There was no food. Um, they seemed very excited that we were there, and then we left. I think that's what they would say. Man. So maybe it's not all you hoped it would be. Yeah, but hey, you know last. what? It was it. You, it took a lot of initiative, and you guys really. But again, I was in a relationship. You guys are trying to play catch up. You still are. <laughs> I got married first. Okay, Greg, you got married second. I got married in May. You got married in December, and then Rhett, you got married the next June. Right, all within the one calendar year. But w- I mean, and all still married to the same lovely women. 
So, Greg, you you jotted down some stuff. One other thing here about relative relevant to what we're talking here. There was this girl named Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I was, I was talking to Lindsay. I, this is this is the one bone I will ever pick with Rhett, and I've never done it. So here I go. Oh, I'm oh yeah, I'm excited about this. Oh yeah, I, I thought you would be. There was this girl named Lindsay. Yep. Oh, I remember. Lindsay was interested in me. And I was interested in Lindsay until Rhett, Rhett got involved. What happened? Well, all I, all I know, next thing, next thing, Lindsay likes Rhett. But she didn't know. You were talking to her, right? Did you go on on a date? The, the date was, was, you know, it was, it was, it was about to happen. It was, it was imminent? It was imminent, yes. Yes, imminent. But like in your mind, it was imminent. Yes, definitely. And did, hold on, did you tell me, did I know this? Did I know that you liked her? I remember it. <clears throat> I remember Greg liked her. I remember Rhett sort of like hinting, like would it be okay if if I talked to Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, what do you say to your friend when they ask if they can I, you? Were, you were my god partner. I mean, I just thought that it was just tit for tat. <laughs> no, I honestly do not, I do not remember. Because uh, when I think about Lindsay, what I remember is, liking her and then she immediately went on summer project and when she came back she was dating one of the guys that she met on summer project and when you meet somebody on summer project even though it's for another school you've got on like summer project glasses you know and you you think you're in love i don't call him goggles goggles she probably ended up marrying him who knows but i'm sorry greg i didn't know that you were you were moving in sorry for what give a full apology i'm sorry for Moving in on you and a, a girl that you were interested in. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm over it. I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I really understood that there was a there was something there. I didn't know that that was happening. I thought you were just like, yeah, she's hot. And I was like, yeah, she is hot. Maybe I could talk to her. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have said anything then. Well, I mean, you know, it all worked out for the best, obviously. Yeah, nobody ended up with Lindsay. She so went we on summer it. project. She but, ended up with somebody yeah, you, if she wanted to. You got a lot. We it wish down her the best. They go on summer project, but I didn't. It does remind. I mean, if you said you didn't get upset at that, like there were some signature moments where Greg would get upset. Like you had this signature way of getting mad <laughs> that was hilarious. And it, I mean, literally, we would when you would get really angry, we would laugh, and it would do nothing but make it you more make, angry. It just makes it matter. Like I distinctively remember this one time of you. There was a basketball involved, and I. <laughs> whenever you would get upset, that you would get this look on your face that would be like, like your eyes would get big and your your lips would start moving, like, but you're not saying anything. <laughs> and then we'd be like, Greg, you're uh, you're, you're you're mad. It's like uh, to tell us what what's going on, and then uh, I'd. I'm sorry, I don't remember anything you were mad at. Apparently, but, Lindsay. I mean, I never moved in on any girl that you were clearly talking to because I do remember that you were talking to Lindsay. Yes, I remember that too. Yeah, but I do remember <laughs> at another time, you got mad with a basketball and you threw the basketball and hit, was it? Threw it at Tim. It oh, was Tim. Oh, okay, hit Tim in the chest with it. From what I remember, he was making fun of my the, the skinniness of, of, of Greg. Oh, uh, speaking of third person here, a very a very sensitive subject for for myself. Okay, <laughs> okay. for Greg, 
Okay, I didn't mean to bring up Instead, another you basketball. Another traumatic experience on top of it, but but like, I think you also got mad when we 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 hugged it out. I think we hey th that's one thing. I mean, this is why I'm surprised that we never talked about the the Lindsay thing because we were actually <clears throat> yeah. So junior year we lived together, and then of course Tim joined senior year. But we were really good at working. I I think there was an emotional uh, maturity there that. I de definitely think it came through. At our, least for two of us, yeah. Our involvement in crew and just sort of like, you know, we're, this is we, these things are important and like being real and being vulnerable is is important. And so there was, like, we would work through our issues, which is why I'm surprised that we haven't we never talked about Lindsay until now. But I do remember the time that we took your. Uh, speaking of your label maker, you you had slightly different tastes. You had, you had like Wilmington taste, which was elevated above the taste that, you know, the Bowie's Creek taste. So you would get like Edie's ice cream and we would <laughs> get like the plastic, you know, bucket of ice cream from Food Lion. And you had this Edie's Food ice brand, cream. Yeah. And we were just sitting there one night, you weren't there and we were like, man, Greg's got that Edie's ice cream. We need and that the, and the color of the Edie's ice cream was very white, very nice vanilla. <laughs> you you had you had a taste for the good the better ice oh, cream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We just didn't have. I was the afraid budget. to buy it because so we, we we had communal groceries, but then on top of communal groceries, there were some you special would, items. You would have special stuff that you just buy and label for yourself. You would label the Edie's for yourself, and because everything else was communal with the three and then the four of us, it was never enough because we weren't willing to allocate enough money. We would we would split one hamburger helper meal four ways four ways we did it three ways and Crazy. then when Tim came along we just went four ways we didn't get more hamburger helper we just got less each but you had so yeah the Edie's ice cream so we ate probably a third to a half of your Edie's pint and then we took our cheap yellow vanilla ice cream and filled it back up and smoothed it out on top. <laughs> um, and do, then your you, lips started to move, do, but you, you weren't talking. Do you recall this? <laughs> I do, but did I get mad about that? <laughs> oh I, yeah, oh I, yeah. I, I, no, I think you probably thought it was hilarious that we tried to, no, that we tried no, to do it. No, I think you got <laughs> mad. No way, no way I got mad about that. Those are the days though, man. My, my whole uh, grocery budget on ice cream and then you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's Sophia Franklin, and if you don't already know, listen up. My mini-series is live now, each and every Monday, and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've taken all of our oldest videos and we're getting them digitized. So, and because on a, you were the editor back then. I, once, once we really started moving into uh, video editing later, definitely when we got into YouTube, I, I like really wanted to be the editor and took over for that. But like, yeah, it was interesting because your dad had the two VCRs yeah. that you became the default editor and you would always throw Led Zeppelin on it. Mm -hmm. So like that, I don't know, you just kept going back to Led Zeppelin. We weren't even huge Led Zeppelin fans, but it was always perfect. It makes perfect. a great soundtrack. It's though. like great for 
And it's, like and it's subversive for entrance like, videos. It's very subversive music for a Christian for organization. A Christian organization. Okay, we, we kind of liked that aspect, and Barry White as well. Yes, it was like we were like we're gonna play love making and devil music in all of our videos that we're making for Crew. Yeah, and again, we weren't like we were super zealous about our faith. It, it was, but we did not like Christian music. We, yeah, we because we had taste. <laughs> <laughs> but for that reason. We can't put these videos out there. Like the first videos that we made for our first audience, which featured the two of you prominently and me just in like feature roles or just behind the camera, mm. like have never been seen except for in front of those live audiences. But now I'm gonna put them on the Mythical Society. Because of the Led Zeppelin of it all, that's the only place where we can safely put it out there so yeah, it's gonna be behind a paywall, but hey, you get what you pay for, baby. So uh, uh, we're gonna do like a director's commentary of this thing. We could just get rid of the soundtrack and voice over all the parts again. We could do that, yeah. Yeah, so you guys have, I'm sure you've talked about the, the cal- have you talked about the calculus uh, jackass story? Has, has that been? Has that been talked about before? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, but yes. it's been so, it's, we, we gotta tell that while. story again. Yeah, Red. I was right in the calculus class. Yeah, it was Red me. and Tim were in the calculus yeah. class, and um, and you know we go through the semester. I'm a back row seater, all the way back, all the way back, back corner, close the door. And how many students? Probably forty, fifty. It was probably hundred. Hundred. I don't know. I don't know how the idea got thawed up, but um, well, I remember it because we had that British professor, right? Because this is like this is linear equations, like maybe calculus four. He was very. He was. He, he was like. He kind of have a sense of humor, but he was. But he he was a very like in control professor, right? Like he had control of his classroom, and so at some point, I just remember thinking, I was like, "How? What would this guy do?" I was like, "Greg, if you'll stand up, you know, raise your hand, and when he calls on you, stand up and say, I'm a jackass. At any point in the semester, I will buy you a foot long." Was that the from Blimpy? From Blimpy. Blimpy. Yeah, Blimpy. <laughs> Which is a big sandwich. That's a big sandwich. So this is like halfway through the semester, this idea hatched. Not, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah through the semester, Rhett, Rhett's like always kind of like, you know, prodding me. When, when are you going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the, they're, you know, we're doing the in the semester uh, um, exam. It was, yeah, last day of exam prep, last day of class. Yeah, this like uh, the professor had just gone over number nine. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was number nine, and he's asking, "Is there any more questions on <laughs> number nine? And you know, I, I raised my hand, and he's like, "Yes, yes, you in the back." And I, I stand up, and you know, there's a there's a pause. Everyone turns around to see because you stood up. Like that wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a protocol to stand up. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I say I'm a jackass, <laughs> and uh, well, the the TA was sitting nearby, and he's he started laughing. He was he understood what was going on. I th- I think we we had kind of run it by him to see what what he would think. We didn't want F's in the class, right? Yeah, we, we I didn't want to compromise we. your grade. <laughs> we meaning you? We me me I didn't want F in the class. And do you remember what the professor said? Because he was very quick. What does that make me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, was I was like, yes, pretty great. I mean, it's just like he was so quick. And then what did and you then do? And then everybody laughed. Then I back sat, sat back down and. And then we went to Blimpy and got a sub. 
<laughs> you got that sub, baby. There was another incident similar. We, Rhett and I were at Carmichael, and we were we were just. I were you playing? You must have been playing basketball or something. But there's there's a group of guys. They're they're playing twenty one. Uh, isn't that isn't twenty one where you're just shooting the you know you're playing one on one against everybody against everybody yeah. And Rhett says, "Hey Greg, I want you to get in there and get that ball." And go in for a layup, and and I I it's like I don't care if you make it. I just want you to like fall hard. <laughs> <laughs> I did not play basketball, but I, I I get in there in the mix. I'm in the mix. I get the ball, and I go for a layup, and I throw it as hard as I can up into the rim, and it hits the rim, and it hits me in the face, <laughs> and it and I <laughs> and I'm laid out, and I you know, dump on the ground, and um. They, those guys, they—I'm sure they've never had a better life. <laughs> yeah, I, wherever you go, Greg, you enrich people's lives. And th- I just love that. I love that jackass. Like, you know, I'm a jackass. I love like I love jackass humor to this day. Like one of my favorite movies of the year is Jackass Forever. Like I, I just I love it. And again, you I love watching other people do I, it. I didn't take you. I didn't go. I didn't. I took Shepard to that movie because you don't care about it, right? And so it's like, and Greg was just like the perfect. Up for anything. Uh, yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm totally gonna do this and it will, it'll get this re- reaction. Now, so, I mean, yeah, we did, you, you were kind of, I mean, mm. you were the object of a lot of humor. You were the subject of a lot of, like, ideas that we would hatch. It was like, because, I don't know, it was kind of like we pr- we produced you. <laughs> we were like comedy producers so we just it, weren't filming it. it we should have been filming it all. It wasn't like we were puppeting you. It was just like we saw, like, yeah, yeah. I think as producers, we saw how funny you were, and we wanted to offer that up to the classroom or to the pickup basketball court or whatever the case may be. It just seemed like we were just packaging you as a gift to the world, and uh, you were always game for it. And it wasn't. It, we weren't pulling one over on you. No, no. If, if if it was in that scenario, I would be the Johnny Knoxville, and you would be the Steve-O. You know, it's it was a beautiful arrangement, and the you you get the reaction that you're looking for. It's just we weren't shooting any of it. We were just. But when we did re- film stuff, remembering it, g- great. I mean, it was like you'd have an idea, and then it would be like, okay, this is going to be funny, but I don't like I don't know how Greg's what Greg's going to do, but I know it will be even funnier than I thought. Like it's, it's one thing to do a layup. If, if I did it, right, it, it wouldn't be funny. Right, right. <laughs> you know, what I'm but saying? it's not okay. It'd fun, be funny if he does a layup, but what you don't know is that he's going to hit himself in the face <laughs> by accident. I remember we were shooting this video, and I was setting up this shot, and I was like, "Hey, Greg, you've got to run around the corner and then into the entrance to our dorm," and I'm filming it. I hope I can find this footage. I'll show it on the Mythical Society if, if I find it. You're running and you had these big ass baggy jeans but you didn't have an ass. <laughs> but And we always saw your crack, man. Your crack was always showing. <laughs> and you're like running around the corner and then as you, I'm, I remember seeing this through the camera, clear as day. You're running, you turn the corner and then as you're running, your pants start falling. Slowly falling down. Slowly falling down uh, to the thigh to the knee, to the ankle. But you didn't stop running because you, did you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew where you needed to go and it's like, okay, he's gonna make it to his mark, he's just not gonna have pants on when he gets there. And like, 
I don't know. I you either fell no, or no, didn't yeah. fall. He got fell. he got steps from the door and fell down. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was I was still running and the pants were all the way down. <laughs> but it wasn't. We couldn't show that one in the crusade cut. But w- there was a video where you were two completely naked. Completely naked. And you were playing. Uh, you were playing video games. Twisted video metal. Games. Twisted metal. And oh, it's like oh shit, we for- we didn't say oh shit, but he's like oh no, we forgot that it's time to be at the primetime meeting. That was, an o- that was one of the semester's yes. opening meetings. Was me and Greg playing video games naked, naked. <laughs> and I I framed it. I up. don't know why they let us get away with any I of that stuff. Because I framed it up where you couldn't see your junk, and then it's like oh no, they're naked, they're playing game, uh, and then it's like oh no, we got to go, and then you both start to stand up, but you grab your book bags in perfect such placement. a way in the perfect placement so that, but like. I gotta give it. Listen, you were probably naked. Like you, we were, you were literally I, I both probably it, naked. I gotta give it to Mark Valentine and Mike Mahaffey and Todd Smith for letting for, that go through, for being cool with that. You know, I, I hope they don't have any regrets about how we ended up. <laughs> but I, it wasn't because of that. Like they, they, you know, they knew what was important and they were willing to have fun. And it was like there, you know, it's just a couple of dudes naked playing video games as a joke. It'll be funny. So. First of all, Greg, do you have any other memories that you've jotted down? I love the fact that you actually made notes. Like I've, we've never seen you actually make notes. Right? You've actually done homework. This is important. This this conversation was important. Anything else I, before? No, I I just wanted to bring up one other thing. It was Rhett's wedding uh, rehearsal dinner. Was it barbecue? Um, pig picking? Yeah, yeah, we had a pig picking. Yeah, so yeah, I was I was at I was at that function. And, uh, and, you know, everyone, we're sitting in the big circle, right? We sit in the big circle and everyone's going around. They're saying, you know, you know, how wonderful Rhett and Jesse are. And, um, like, I, I, I felt the need to, to say something important. But I, <laughs> big mistake, big mistake. <laughs> you should never sit me down and, and give me the opportunity to say something important. But. So my observation has always been, well, you know, what happens to Rhett will happen to Link, or what happens to Link will, like, eventually, like, it's it's going to happen. Like, if Rhett does it, like, Link's Link is not far behind. But uh, it, my my example was the snowboarding incident. Ah, uh, we go snowboarding for Link, and a couple weeks later, go with Rhett. Same same thing. We both got concussions. Both got concussions. I didn't get a broken pelvis though. So were you insinuating that I was gonna have sex with Rhett's wife? Yep, that was the that was the subtext. That that no. <laughs> after I got done, like I sat down and like after everyone else's, you know, nice nice little s- speech, like everyone, you know, gave a clap, polite clap or a, you know, laugh. But I got nothing. Well, the funny thing is, is like it it was, you know, that's the wonderful thing about, you know, rehearsal and receptions and stuff like that. Or that that was like the night before engagement thing is that it's the whole mixed company thing. So you've got like family. Yeah. And we were bringing this, you were bringing that dynamic of, I'm going to do something. uh, I'm going to be strange. That that we would have done just amongst us. And, but like my grandparents were there. (laughs) And so they were like, who is that boy? I think I think that's you know I mean we got a lot of love for you man this is uh I mean this has been so fun like catching up but I I think we've alluded to this in previous podcasts just to kind of talk about like 
where our friendship is now. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I think, you know, there was, um, you know, when we graduated and then you went to, you and Jim went to Argentina for, on staff of Campus Crusade, right? For stint. Yes. For a, over a year, like a year and a half. And then you came back and did you, you went somewhere else on staff? No, no, I, I, I came back and um, we lived in Raleigh for three years. We reconnected then, right? Yeah, went back to yeah. school and um, then, yeah, then we, we did a lot of stuff with you and Christy. Right. Then we moved to Florida and uh, then we moved to South Africa and, and here we are now in Washington. Right, so, and then Florida, South Africa, and Washington, that was all uh, engineering, your engineering jobs. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, with with distance and with us trying to get our careers off the ground, it was kind of like, there was a drifting apart where, like, we really didn't keep in touch that often. Um, At least that was my recollection of it. Well, you know, I, yeah, I mean, things get so busy and, but you know, when, when I was, when I was in South Africa, we, I, we started talking again. Um, we, we made a way, we made a way thanks to the, the, the internet to talk. Yeah, that's right. Because you and I had gotten, yeah, we had that like second wind when we were going to church together and like uh, what I said about being adults. And then, so like, I think we carried on some of that and then, um, and, but even that started to kind of, uh, dissolve over time of like being able to keep in touch. And it was really, for a number of years. It was the pandemic that, um, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I, it may have been Harm's idea initially for us to start talking on a on a regular basis. You know, um, so like that group of guys from from state, and you know, it's been we were better about it earlier in the pandemic. And then as life has slowly sort of gotten back to normal and people's schedules have gotten back to normal, it's been more difficult. But one of the things that we have pulled off is we've actually planned a get together. I'm excited about that. Like the, it's, it's like the tropish middle, middle-aged men still relive their college years by going whitewater rafting in Colorado. Well, that's what I said on the group thread. I was like, this is like <laughs> the beginning of either a horror movie now I said this is like the beginning of a like a, a thriller where something goes wrong, and then I think Tim said or a, or a comedy like Hot Tub Time Machine. But right. Yeah, it's just very much like middle aged dudes who haven't hung out in a while, all getting together in one house. So in their like whitewater rafting. We we've hung out a, a few times, you know, over the the years, um, seeing you guys, and it's always like you know. It, conversation picks up where it left off. But I am excited to do a, to go on a retreat together. That's another level. Yeah, that is another level. It would be great. It would be good. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, um, you know, just to see, like, I mean, you, you got all these children running around. You got three kids. Yeah, I got three four. kids. Yeah. I got three kids. I got you two. still got two kids. I'm not going to catch up with you guys on that. But, I mean, what is it? I, I'm just grateful that, you know, it's like now we're, I'm, we're reconnected. We're, like, getting together. Of course, that's assuming nothing bad goes happen when we're on that raft. I might regret the whole thing. But even if it does, I mean, if it doesn't go too bad, that'll just be a good story. And videoed. And I, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. We're all gonna have GoPros on our heads. But I think that, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for our friendship and like, Rhett and I talk so much about our college years, not only on this podcast, but just in normal life. It's like, like you said earlier, it was just such a sweet spot of a, a time for us. It was such a dynamic experience and 
You know, it, it would not have been the same if you hadn't come into our lives. And I mean, we became a trio and it was something that, I mean, Rhett and I, we, we talk so much about how our friendship is one of a kind. And it, I mean, definitely for those college years, for th those three years, so sophomore, junior, senior, especially sophomore, junior year with the, where it was the three of us so much. I mean, it was just such a special time that few people have that, you know? So we just kind of fit together like a glove and you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was just super, super sweet, you know? Now that you reminded me of those stories, which I had, the jackass one, of course, I remember and I've told, I forgot about the basketball one. So now we just got, you know, just prepare yourself, Greg, because we gotta come up with something for you to do when we all get together. So you're gonna have to say something to the raft guide or something, put put your hand on his knee or something, I don't know. <laughs> well, but what we'll, we're gonna, we'll write it. But we're, yeah. We're, and we will egg you on to do and it. And then we're gonna film it. Yeah. And then you will make it better than we ever thought <laughs> it could This be. time there will be video evidence. Needs to be. Well, I know you gotta go back to work. Gotta, gotta supervise the digging of that hole, so don't let us keep you yep. from it. All right, we'll be in touch. All right, is this the end? This is the end. <laughs> this is it, Greg. <laughs>